That's my secret, Captain. I'm always in. Gives him with you to the end of the line. Because that's what he wants to do. Are you looking for a reminder of your fantasy football greatness? Are you looking for something to set your league apart from those dime a dozen jabroni leagues out there? Then head over to trophysmack.com and hook your league up with the best trophies in the game today. And not only will you get the best trophies in the game today, you can get a free championship ring up to a $59.99 value by entering in the promo code DWZ ring. You pick out your trophy, which one do you like? You put it in the cart, you add the ring to the cart, you add the promo code DWZ ring, makes the ring free, and your league is now a step above the league down the street. So if you're looking for the best, you wanna be the best in the game, you wanna have the best league in town, Go over to trophysmack.com, get that trophy, get that ring, use that code DWZRING, and let's have a big season. What's happening, guys? Happy Friday, and welcome to the Dynasty War Zone, the People's Dynasty Podcast. And today, we're going to finish up where we left off on Tuesday. Just Jerry and I were covering some of the most recent quarterback news, as well as running back news, and how we're going to blend the rookies with all the free agent action. Tonight, we're going to jump into some wide receivers and tight ends with a very special guest. Uh, bring Jerry in in just a second, but want to make sure I mention the Patreon. Uh, those guys were keeping me busy today at work. I'm, I'm considered essential, and in a day and age where as many people are out of work, I'm, I'm more than happy to be essential. I'm keeping myself safe. I'm working, and I, I hope you're doing the same. And if you're considered essential, I hope you're staying safe and doing what your local government is suggesting of you but if you're interested in the patreon uh, so you can disturb me while i'm also at work i'm happy to help with your dynasty build or your trades or just general conversation about music which is what we had today uh, head over to patreon.com forward slash dynasty warzone and you can check out what we've got going on you can also find the first two rounds of my Superflex rookie ranks for 2020 uh, two more five-star reviews that's pretty awesome uh, if you're interested, you can rate and review on any platform. For whatever reason, iTunes is the best uh, as it helps with the analytics side of it. But just like in, in Rookie Fever, we like analytics, we like tape, we like all the above. You want to give us a Spotify review, we'll take it. Uh, last thing, uh, Dynasty Warzone on both Instagram and Twitter. Give us a follow. We'll see how we can help you out over there. But enough of all that, Jerry did not partake in the fitness cast with Nick Whalen and I. But uh, he, he is ready to help make our Dynasty rosters fit. Please welcome the man of the hour and the man with the power. Jerry, what's up, buddy? Believe it or not, he actually invited me to come on that. Uh, I think he just wanted someone that was real dumb on the podcast to make them look real good. Uh, I am an expert in different glazes of donuts, different toppings, cupcakes, and coffee. 
not fitness. Hey, man, it was just me and Nick Whalen trying to help some people out. We know a lot of people are going stir crazy. They're stuck in their apartments or they're stuck in their homes. And people are trying to make the best of it. And Nick and I happen to be fitness enthusiasts. So we thought, hey, man, what the heck? We'll jump on and talk to people. But speaking of uh, being stuck, um, we're stuck with a great guest tonight. And I'm very excited to welcome back Bobby Koch. Bobby is a dynasty writer over at the DLF football family. Uh, He is a former writer of two QBs. And he's hosted a podcast or two in his day. Welcome back to the Warzone, Bobby Koch. Bobby, what's going on, man? Not a whole lot, and it's good to be back. Uh, sorry you feel like you're stuck with me. Not sure if that's uh, how you want to be introduced, but I was I'm happy. Tr- I was trying to segue. I'm, 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 I, I, I'm, working, I'm working on like my range of voice to like you know cascade emotion. And I thought, man, stuck. And I'm like, we're stuck with a great guest. I, I was just trying to, you know, another segue. I'll, I'll work the, on it. The, the grumpy hillbilly in him always holds out. Yeah, it's totally fine. And I totally get it. Uh, everyone's going, as you said, everyone's going a little stir crazy. All the people who are providing content like you guys were, including your podcast with Nick, is great stuff. I can't say, like Jerry, I am not a fitness enthusiast. I am definitely a donut enthusiast. So maybe Jerry and I can talk on the side and talk about a donut podcast. But uh, yeah, happy to be here. Hey, man, I would be all about a, a donut podcast. So uh, that's part of the thing of being a fitness enthusiast is is the cheat meal. You know, one day a week, you don't get a cheat day. I'm, I'm not as a, not as well earned of a cheat day as The Rock, I guess. His are famous of deep dish pizzas and flapjacks and donuts and everything else. But, you know, once a week, you know, it might be a pizza uh, might be some donuts with my son. No, man, I'm, I'm all about that donut life. But we're just going to jump in tonight and talk about, you know, some of these most recent free agent signings. And in one case, we didn't get a chance to cover it much on Tuesday because there hadn't been, I guess, conclusion to the story. But Cam Newton officially released from the Kara line of Panthers. He is a free agent on the street, which I find to be incredibly odd. His contract was like $16 million after Carolina paid a $2.5 million roster bonus. But Carolina was able to get a fifth-round pick for last year's quarterback Kyle Allen in his very ridiculously small carny hands. What do you make of all this in Carolina with the quarterback situation, Bobby? Yeah, it's it's interesting. I never thought we would see Cam Newton ever released uh, after the start to his career. That's just not something that I ever thought would happen. Although there's been some obviously crazy stuff going on this offseason with the DeAndre Hopkins trade and just all the moving parts going on with quarterbacks. Um, Honestly, I'm wondering where he ends up. And I think not to bring up the uh, stuff going on outside, but the virus and not being able for teams, not being able to get a direct look at him with that Liz Frank injury might prevent him from signing too quickly. That said there, I think almost every team should be interested in cam depending on the contract, just because he can push a lot of starters if he is healthy. And even if he has to end up taking backup money, which I can't really imagine cam doing, but maybe if it gets that dire, he would do he would be obviously an excellent backup for any NFL team. So there should be a lot of interested teams. I'll be very curious to see what happens. And I know in super flex leagues right now, his value has taken a huge hit. So if you think that he's going to end up a starter at all, 
it might be worthwhile trying to send out like a second round pick and trying to get him. No, and thank you for bringing that back to Dynasty. That was going to be my my next question is his value is tanking in, in a lot of leagues. I'll tell you what I think I would do if I were Cam, but I want to go to Jerry. Jerry, have you seen any Cam movement in any of your leagues? I mean, you're in a couple with me. I've not seen any. Uh, now no. that Bobby says that, and I just – Bobby, this is why I love having guests on and, and talking with you is it just has things pop in my head. But, but what are you doing with Cam? So I actually – don't own any cam shares i sold i had one recently in the last few years it's a 14 team super flex and i think i sold him for like matthew stafford in a 2021st if i remember it's also uh, oh that worked out yeah it's rookie auction and i had for a while the most auction dollars but i traded him for uh not your favorite memphis but uh i traded 400 rookie dollars recently for baker mayfield and then another 200 dollars for brandon cooks I still have the third most, so I'm happy with my money. But I know Memphis is uh, not on Team Baker. Well, well, hold on. Memphis is, you know, I, I, I'm always willing. I'm the perfect guy to argue with. If you come to me with good, rational information and there's new information, I will change. Jerry will tell you probably six weeks ago, eight weeks ago on our Patreon, I actually listed Baker and a lot of the Browns as now buys because I like their new head coach. Their new head coach is an adult. And not a not a and not a and not a part time short order cook at a flying J truck stop. So there's a big difference. Um, I also like the fact that they invested in the offensive line. They overpaid a bit for Jack Conklin, but I like it. Uh, every one of his skill possession, uh, excuse me, skill position guys is a former Pro Bowler. Every one, both running backs, the tight end, both wide receivers, and they have the I think it's the ninth or tenth pick in the draft in a very tackle rich draft. So they're going to solve their tackles. Um, you know, that they'll continue to add to that offensive line. And that's a pretty awesome defense. Now, I don't think Baker's going to put up all pro numbers, but I think if Kevin Stefanski can turn Baker into Kirk Cousins, a guy who's going to be QB 8 to 10, 11, who, who's upset by that? I mean, maybe the guy who bought him at QB 2 overall value. But if you wind up getting a, a middle-of-the-road QB 1, be very happy for a guy who's never finished higher than QB 18. But back to Cam, Jerry, what about Cam with you? Have you done anything? I I haven't seen anything. And uh, like Bobby, I'm not a huge Cam guy. I never really had any shares, I don't think. And if I did, I flicked them pretty quick, probably right after the MVP season. And listen, he came out with his little video today where he was, you know, clearly upset said that they quit on him while he was jamming to gospel music. That was something. Never seen somebody work out to that, but my man was getting it medieval style. Uh, hey, listen, dude's still cut. Good God. I mean, you see dude, they're looking frumpy as hell, and Stafford's always been a little chunky. My man's still big. My man's still got bigger muscles on his back shoulders than I have ever had on any part of my body combined. If he ends up in the right spot, he's going to be worth it. And like Bobby said, you know, every starting QB has value in a super flex league. And if you can get that dude for a second and he ends up starting one season, easy win. That's an easy win. You know, the uh, the old expression, desperation is a stinky cologne. And Cam doesn't want to come out there looking too thirsty. You know, he, he can just lay back. What's the point in being in a hurry? You know, he's had two shoulder surgeries in the last three years. He's had an ankle surgery, the Liz Frank injury that Bobby mentioned you know, why be in a hurry? If, if you get in a hurry in life, you just wind up making mistakes. So 
I, I like the idea of throwing around a, a, an early third at Cam. You may get laughed out of the room, but if you tell that other owner, hey, that early third that I'm offering you for Cam's a lot more than Carolina got for him. So you got that going for you. I made Jerry spit his wine. So so Jerry, those of you who can't see the, the Google Hangouts, Jerry was drinking wine. And when I said that, Jerry spit his wine. All right, I don't want to make this the Cam Newton podcast. Uh, I'll go back to Jerry. Anything on Robbie Anderson joining Cam's former team there in Carolina? Value up, down, or neutral? I think it's got to be down for what it was for the Jets, just because he was the only guy for the Jets. So he was just getting funneled. DJ Moore, I mean, Teddy Bridgewater is not known for launching the ball down the field. And that just bodes well for Christian McCaffrey and DJ Moore. I, I don't, if I have him, you know, maybe I'm selling him on the, the Matt Rule offense, trying to trying to pitch that. You know, this is going to be a high-powered offense. Did you see what he did at Baylor? He's got Teddy and all this. And, da, 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 da. and I'm going to try and flip that, dude. Sorry. Robbie Anderson, you have that Cam Newton haircut, and it's 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 all great and fine. But my man, I just I don't see his trajectory trajectory being you know going upward. It's he's a a descending fantasy asset. Damn it, Jerry! You just put a great thought in my mind that I can't do now. We could have had a picture of if if Cam had stayed, we could have had Cam and Robbie Newton. Or Robbie Anderson, rather, and I could have had that Austin Powers drop. Twins, Basil. Twins. But now they're on different teams. That hurts so bad. Um, I'll throw my thoughts out on Robbie in just a second. What about you, Bobby? Thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs in the middle on the Robbie Anderson to Carolina trade? I think Jerry pretty much nailed it with the signing that, honestly, Teddy Bridgewater and Robbie Anderson's skill sets just don't match up well. And it makes me also worried about Curtis Samuel. Basically, if you're on that offense right now and you're not DJ Moore or, as Jerry mentioned, Christian McCaffrey, I think your value is a bit down. Uh, it does make me sad, though, that I recently traded one of my DJ Moore shares. It was a move that I had to make, but I do think that he's going to be the most or sorry, receive the most benefit from having this, quote unquote, stacked receiver room, because some of those guys will take other maybe possible double coverage off of him. So that will help him at least. But. Honestly, with Robbie Anderson, I'm not all that interested. And uh, I'm somewhat glad because I offered in uh, Trade Addict 7, which we're in together, Memphis, I offered before the offseason began a second round, like a mid-second round pick for Robbie Anderson, hoping that he landed somewhere good and then maybe I could flip him for something even higher. Now I think that pick's probably more valuable than him. Oh, uh, 100% because we've done several mock drafts already and that mid-second's going to going to land you someone pretty good like Michael Pittman who I would much rather have depending on landing spot than Robbie Anderson but for me I'm going to agree and disagree a little bit with both of you I think for Robbie it's thumbs in the middle I think he's a better receiver than he gets credit for he could have been under the thumb of one Adam Gase the last couple of years and we don't know who Teddy's second favorite wide receiver is going to be it could be Curtis Samuel and it could be Robbie Anderson and although Teddy does not have a cannon, he's never going to be confused for with Josh Allen. I think he's got a better arm. I mean, he I think he can, you know, chuck some of those 30-yard down the down the field. So whoever ends up being, this is a real interesting passing game for me. I think DJ Moore's role is as safe as safe can be. But then that leaves a lot of question marks. And that's Curtis Samuel, that's Robbie Anderson, that's Ian Thomas. Because 
Uh, Teddy Bridgewater's not thrown a pass to any of them. And for all we know, they could start working together and all of a sudden Robbie could just develop this instant rapport with Teddy. So we don't know. So that's why for me, I'm going to stay a little bit more neutral and say thumbs in the middle for right now until I, I see some preseason or some regular season. But I, I do agree with the fact that I would much rather have an early to mid-second than Robbie Anderson because, uh, man, I, I like this class a lot in the top 24. One one more wide receiver signing before we get into some of these other spots. Uh, Devin Funches, former Colt, former Panther. The Panthers are just uh, – and their former players are all over the place. Jerry, I know what a big fan of Devin S. Funches you are. Well, what, anything uh, – this does nothing for me. I'm, I'm just wrapping myself up. Nothing here. Feet for hands. <laughs> no, I'm good. They're going to draft one because Devin Funches doesn't exist. Maybe he cripples Jay Sternberger's potential breakout value. <laughs> Other than that, I'm no, thank you. I'm good. Listen, if Devin Funches was in the free agency of every single one of my dynasty leagues, he would stay in free agency. All right, Bobby, anything on Funches for you? I mean, I picked him up off waivers in my 14 team league that i mentioned earlier just because it's so deep and i figured why not last year and now i'm hoping that someone is buying into the hype i doubt i'll be able to sell him until he actually gets in some games and maybe has like one or two big games and then i'll try to sell him even if it's just for a third fourth round rookie auction money but that's about it i'm not overly excited i'm excited enough that I picked him up for free, and I think I might be able to make a slight profit, even if it ends up being like blind bid money. But don't get too excited about Funches. That's just, it's always a recipe for disaster. You, you know, maybe he can just be another rebound end zone target for Aaron Rodgers. You know, that, that, that he can body someone up and, you know, then drop an easy, t- an easy touchdown until they get a, a rookie. I've seen Justin Jefferson mock to them. I've seen Rager mock to them. I think they're definitely going to go rookie early. So, all right, we're, we're going to switch away from a little bit of news. I just wanted to bring that up because out of everything we've covered in free agency, those have happened the most recent recently. So um, we're talking about some wide receiver landing spots and maybe some rookies could fill these spots. So um, teams that I think could use a wide receiver one, and there may be some argument, but uh, we'll, we'll see what the uh, the consensus is. I think New England – Needs a wide receiver one. I think they have some nice twos. Uh, Julian Edelman, no longer a one. Still love his grit and his tenacity. Houston, I mean, Bill O'Brien going to Bill O'Brien. Uh, that was a that was a dynasty trade that would have got vetoed in a lot of leagues, but DeAndre Hopkins is gone. Indy, I love T.Y. Hilton. Love him a lot. At this point in his career, kind of like Julian Edelman, he's going to be a great number two and a great mentor for someone. Oakland. Man, Oakland's got every skill position on lock. Wide receiver two, three, running back, tight end. They need an alpha dog. Uh, Cincinnati, yes, I know A.J. Green's back. He's 32 years old and hasn't been a wide receiver one since 2016. Um, I don't know that he's even going to play on the franchise tag. We'll have to wait and see. And Tyler Boyd, some guys are better Robin than Batman, and he makes a hell of a Robin. I don't think he's ready for the Batman role. I see Bobby smiling. He's a he's a comic book fan <laughs> yeah, as well. I saw that too. Uh, Baltimore, Mar- Mar- Marquise Brown, see uh, Boyd, comma Tyler, uh, Philly. Philly had guys that literally worked by the hour. Like those guys punched a clock walking into Lincoln uh, Lincoln Financial Stadium, but they had to clock in and out. They did get per diem for for lunch money, and then the Giants. Although I like. 
Darius Slayton. So I'm going to kick this one right back to Bobby. Bobby's a Giants mm-hmm. fan, for those that don't know. I'm a Red Sox fan. I'm staring this man down wearing a Yankees <laughs> cap. That's uh, okay. We're not even getting to watch baseball right now. But I want to know Darius Slayton. If he avoids, let's say, a day one or day two wide receiver, what do you think of Darius Slayton? Um, yeah, it's interesting. I've been having this conversation a lot because a lot of people want to know what to make of Darius Slayton. I think from DLF ADP, he's somewhere down in the 40s right now, but high 40s, so like 41 or 42. Um, he definitely had chemistry with Daniel Jones, which is important. He played really well his rookie season, which is something that I always look for. I know he didn't have the draft capital behind him, but there's something to be said for doing what he did and breaking out the way he did in the chemistry. That said, uh, I'm personally, and I know he has the concussion issues, but I'm personally more interested in Sterling Shepard right now because Sterling Shepard has dropped down. I believe he, I was talking about this on the open bar the other day, dropped down to like the 50s or maybe even close to 60s now in ADP. And there's a legitimate chance that Sterling Shepard is the go-to guy, especially with his contract. I know he has to stay healthy, but at that price, I'm willing to take the shot on him. In terms of Slayton, if they don't draft a high wide receiver, and I'm talking like round one, round two, and I honestly don't think that they should because they have so many other holes they need to fill, and they should either trade that pick or go offensive tackle, like a lot of people are mocking them at four. Um, His value has to go up because that's just another year of development with Daniel Jones. One thing I do want to challenge that you mentioned that's not related to the Giants is uh, I think with Joe Burrow that Tyler Boyd can be that guy. I'm He might go from Robin to uh, Nightwing in this case. That's another comic book reference for those who don't read comics. But Hell I yeah, that's a good one. I, I, can, I can live with that. The Eagles, though, I will say definitely need a wide receiver one. And... I've been saying this um, just because I'm trying to will it to happen, but they're going to trade for Brandon Cooks, and he's going to be their one. All right. Well, I, I Brandon Cooks is the kind of asset in Philadelphia that I would like. Um, I've seen them draft Jalen Rager. I've seen them mock drafted Henry Ruggs because what they don't need is another redundant asset. They don't need another small, fast guy. They've got Deshaun. I'm sorry. They don't need a, another big uh, box out you know, post-up wide receiver like an Alshon Jeffrey, like a J.J. Ortega-Whiteside. They need that small, fast guy. And they've got the mentor in the building. they got Deshaun Jackson, who's like 34 years old, who can still fly, by the way. But, you know, he's a good mentor playing that role. Jerry, what about you? You're actually the one who last year, I would say that might have been your shininess moment of the rookie season last year. You had a lot of hits, but you were like, guys, you got to scoop up all the Slayton in the mid to late fourth. What do you uh, have to say? I think I'm with Bobby. Listen, it's because he was cheap and he was fast and he was good at Auburn. That's what I really liked when he he went there and I thought there was a chance that he could be the guy. Golden Tate's good. Golden Tate is a catch it at the line of scrimmage, make the first defender look so silly and then get tackled eight yards later. And then Sterling Shepard never stays healthy. He's never exploded. So that's why I like Slayton. I think the number one spot for a wide receiver to land in this rookie class is Houston by 150,000 miles, though. Because you're paired, assuming one goes early, you're paired up with Deshaun Watson and Will Fuller, bud. Never seen you play. 
You're the Tyler Eifert of wide receivers. Listen, when he's on the field, good. He's a good player. Don't mind him. Not a dog. Not not the guy that's just going to win it. And when you lose somebody like Deshaun Watson, or excuse me, DeAndre Hopkins, goodness gracious are there balls available for you to catch. So I think that is easily the top spot for me. And that will be, if it ends up being one of these elite guys that we've been salivating over for the last two years, like the degenerates that we are do, I am going to be so excited and I will certainly overdraft them and I will drink all of that Kool-Aid. Well, I, I, I think I may be the biggest Slayton fan of all of us. I was actually offered him in a trade earlier and I told the owner, I was like, I, I like Slayton. We can revisit this after the draft. Because if he doesn't get company, he's someone I'm very interested in. I think he's someone that the dynasty world is so much more interested in Gallup. But I think Slayton can be just as productive, if not more so, based on what I think is available for him. Both guys, six foot one, around 200 pounds. Uh, Slayton last year had nine games started. He played in, he suited up in 14, had 84 targets, 48 receptions for 740 yards and eight touchdowns. Gallup also played 14 games, but he started in three more. He started in 12. He had 113 targets, 68 receptions, 1,107 yards, six touchdowns. I mean, it's it, for me, and then you go to their player profiler cards on playerprofiler.com, they're, they're, I guess, metrics, I guess is the term I use, are very similar. They're not the same. There, there are some differences. But I feel like you're buying Darius Slayton that could produce Michael Gallup results at about two-thirds the price. So that's why I like Darius Slayton. Um, but I, 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 I don't dare venture into the mind of Gettleman. So we talked a little bit about Philly. Uh, and it, originally I had Buffalo down as a place for a wide receiver one. They, they took care of that. Uh, so... Who would you like to see in Oakland, Jerry? I'll start with you. Would you prefer to see Judy, Lamb, Rager? Who's going to be that wide receiver one to round out that that offense? I think whoever they get's going to be good. I mean, I think I've seen the most mocks has been Judy there, but you know who who cares? Gruden, pick your guy. He's got to be the guy though, and I don't think Gruden's going to mess around with this because, like you said. Everywhere else on offense, he's pretty well set up. And I don't think Derek Carr is the worst quarterback in the league. Now, he has pooped his pants numerous times throughout his career, but he's also, before his injury, whenever that was, three years ago, he was on the verge of really showing what he could do. And, you know, for whatever reason, him and Amari just, it didn't work out consistently. So I, well, I would I, say Judy, but I think that's sort of a lazy take. Go ahead. I'm, I'm going to cut you off. I'm, I'm tired of the, the smirching of the good damn name of Derek Carr. That guy set career highs in passing completions last year and yardage. He had over 4,000 yards passing. He had uh, over 70% 70, 70 completion rate, and his wide receiver one threatened to whip the GM's ass before the season ever started. You know, he did that with Terrell Williams, who was hurt half the year. He did it with Darren Waller, who was the only consistent passing option he had that played all the games. He was starting to build a, uh, a rapport with Hunter Renfro, who you know I love, and he missed a few games, and he still had over 4,000 yards. Had he had 28 touchdowns instead of 21s, we would be instead of 21 touchdowns, we would be having a completely different conversation about Derek Carr. 
I want him to. T- I want him to take uh, Jerry Judy. I'll tell you why in just a second. Bobby, where are you at with Oakland? Who who do you see being a good fit for that offense? Yeah, so I think Jerry Judy is a good guy to go there. Um, in some regards, I think his skill set reminds me a bit of Amari Cooper, but in a better way. And so Derek Carr will have a natural fit with that. That said, uh, I'm probably the wrong person to talk to about Derek Carr. I've never particularly believed in his skill set. And I always was a big Marcus Mariota believer. And so I'm starting to think that maybe by the end of the year, Mariota is the starter there. If Carr manages to hold off Mariota, that's great for his owners. That means he stepped up to the challenge and probably secured himself another contract. But there is a legitimate chance, I think, that Mariota does end up the starter there. And I know that Gruden was in love with Mariota when he was coming into the league. So I'd be at least a little concerned if I was a car owner. No, I agree. And I think they're both worth about the same in a super flex. I don't know that I would love having either Mariota or Carr as more than like a QB3. And even then, I don't love it. But I, I do like Jerry Judy, and it's going to be very landing spot dependent for me, whether he goes as my wide receiver one or it's Lamb. I was listening to the first draft podcast today with Daniel Dopp and Todd McShay, and Todd McShay said, Jerry Judy is the best route runner that I've ever seen in doing this. Now, McShay's been doing this for 16 years. Now, I'm sure there's a little hyperbole in there, but I'm telling you, the guy still runs darn good routes. And how do you get open in the NFL when you're running against elite corners? You run darn good routes. So you, you create separation. I think that's been the one thing that's hurt in Keel Harry. Um, maybe he'll get set free with a new quarterback. But when you can't create separation and you're a jump ball receiver and your former quarterback is a precision passer that expects you to be open, it's going to be hard for you to get targets. And I think Jerry Judy is going to in, you know ingratiate himself very quickly to Derek Carr or whoever's the quarterback in uh, L.A. I started to say Oakland. Oh, bad habits. But I you just, said San Diego earlier too. So did, did, did it, I? Man, shock. I just let it slide. I, I, I knew what you're talking about. You know what? Listeners did too. You uh, you you can hit me in the head with a with a shovel if I uh, if if I go old school and go St. Louis Rams, Jerry. How about that, buddy? <laughs> okay. <laughs> how about that? So the, so there's the teams that I I think could take a one. Um, the the land. In, so as far as teams that I think will take a two. Uh, the one I want to talk about is Denver. What wide receiver, Jerry, could land in Denver that would absolutely poo-poo the value of Cortland Sutton? Because I think we're we're all expecting Cortland Sutton to take the big leap in year three. He did great in year two. Quarterback positions locked up. Love his offensive coordinator. Uh, speaking of Batman and Robin, I think from a coaching perspective, Pat Shermer's much more of a Robin than a Batman. I think Bobby will attest here in just a second. I think he can create a good offense. I don't know that he's the head guy, but is there a wide receiver that could be drafted at 15 overall by Denver that would just break your heart for uh, us Cortland Sutton owners? I think any wide receiver that would get drafted at 15 overall would at least make us just go, come on, like why you got to do this to me? It's tough enough to try and win in Dynasty and you got to make it hard. I just don't think they're going to do it. Uh, I, I feel like they are extremely confident in what Cortland Sutton could do. They just signed Melvin Gordon. I think they're pretty happy with how their offense is going. They're, I think they're going to draft a wide receiver. I don't think it's going to be that early, and I don't think it's going to be to threaten Cortland Sutton. It'll be a complimentary piece. 
I, I hope they take Henry Ruggs. There's a lot of steam building in the real NFL circles that Henry Ruggs will be the first wide receiver off the board. That's the perfect compliment for Cortland Sutton. I saw in one mock draft, I think it was CBS, they had C.D. Lamb go in there. And I'm like, please don't do that. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I am way. Listen, great, great for Drew Locke and great for Broncos fans, but you can all rot in hell if that happens. I, I am way too exposed to Cortland Sutton for that to happen. Bobby, anything on Shermer as an offensive coordinator and any wide receiver there that would scare you? I think I think Rugs would help. I think Lamb would hurt. Anything on that landing spot for a wide receiver? Yeah, so Shermer's definitely a good offensive coordinator. I can acknowledge that as a Giants fan, even if he is a terrible head coach. Um, <laughs> the thing, in terms of like being scared, I will say when he was uh, the offensive coordinator for the Vikings, he did manage to make both Thielen and Diggs relevant. But those were, I guess he did have Case Keenum at quarterback. Because I was going to say, I, I've heard a lot of hype. And this is me going off on a tangent. Hold on, hold on, hold on, real, real, real quick. You said Case Keenum, right? Yeah, he, he's the new starter in Cleveland. But keep going, just just keep going. <laughs> oh no, I'm saying he had Case Keenum. As oh, a, I was just giving so. you a hard time back about the Baker comment earlier. Keep going. Oh yeah, yeah. But uh, I'm going off on a bit of a tangent. But I've heard a lot of people talking about Drew Locke being the second year breakout. I just don't see it. I don't even see Drew Locke as the long term starter for the Broncos. Um, a lot of people talk about like, oh, he was so good, whatever. And if you actually look at his stats compared to other rookies. They're not great. If you watch the film, it's also not great. What it is, is he had QB wins and he is a game manager and everyone talks about how they don't pay attention to QB wins, but you get like five wins as a game manager and suddenly everyone's like, this guy is amazing. He's not. He's absolutely not. And he can't support two fantasy relevant wide receivers, in my opinion. So if they draft anyone at 15, I will be worried. Probably not so much for Sutton, but whoever they draft um that said i do think you know a giant a speed guy like rugs would help them um if they took cd lamb i would also be very sad about that and i don't even own Sutton. i would just be sad as a football fan um but yeah that's that's where i'm at and i would not here's the thing and i heard this as a joke but i actually think it's legitimate earlier we talked about cam newton cam newton is tall enough and he's a good enough quarterback that John Elway might jump at that chance and go, you know what, let's push Locke a little bit and see what happens. And if that happens, I bet Cam Newton takes that job. Uh, I saw Denver fans earlier on Twitter clamoring for Cam. Uh, Jerry, I, I happen to like Drew Locke, and I, I happen to like Pat Shermer for Drew Locke. When did Case Keenum have his best career year with Pat Shermer? Did Daniel Jones have a much better rookie season than we anticipated as both football and dynasty fans last year? Sure he did. Who was the head coach? Pat Shermer. If anyone at the current stage in his career can get the most out of Drew Locke, I think it's Pat Shermer. But I do think I agree with Bobby in that I don't want a high-profile wide receiver going there because A, my love for Cortland Sutton is a n no secret, and I also think that no offense going to be a thing. So... Uh, if they do, I agree with both you guys. It's good for Locke. I don't know that it's great for everybody else. The one that I want to run by you guys, so Minnesota traded Stefan Diggs to Buffalo. Now they've got the 22nd and the 25th overall pick. Man, what if they were to replace Stefan Diggs with Denzel Mims? Mims has become one of the hottest guys when I did my Superflex uh, mock rankings 
I have him inside my top 12. Bobby, are you a Mims guy? Because he's got a lot of steam. I saw on Player Profiler they had him most comparable to Chris Godwin. That raised an eyebrow like The Rock in the WWE back in the day. I'm like, uh, okay, now you have my attention, and I'm seeing him in more mock drafts in the first round. Uh, what do you think about Mims, and what do you think about Mims as a fit in Minnesota? Yeah, so I just read an article by uh, Bruce Matson over at DLF uh, breaking down Denzel Mims. And I had known a bit about him before, but that was really my in-depth look at him. And it was definitely eye-opening. And Bruce even had him as a top five in the class. And then I decided to do just a quick Twitter search, and I saw some other guys that I really trust in their player evals talking about Mims also as a top five guy in the class for them. Uh, another one, uh, just to mention offhand, I remember is uh, Rob Wozniak. I might have mispronounced his last name, but I always uh, take advice from him. And so, honestly, if he were to go to the Vikings, I think he'd be a great complement to Adam Thielen. And Thielen is getting on the older side. So it could be that Thielen is the guy for another year or two because we know that he has that trust from Kirk Cousins. But Mims could work his way up and ultimately be the guy there. So I would really like that landing spot for him. Now, Jerry, you've obviously been doing all the mock drafts and rookie pods with the likes of Kane and Nick Whalen. Ray GQ, just to name a, a few of the guests we've been fortunate enough to have in February and March. But Denzel Mims, I just feel like there's so many landing spots that will just amplify his value. Um, whether it's Minnesota, which I'm talking about now, Philadelphia. I saw a mock draft the other day that had him going 48 to the Jets. The Jets clearly need a wide receiver one with, with Sam Darnold. How many landing spots do you think Mims could could land in and how high up your rookie wide receiver board could he go uh real high that's a listen I am a sucker for big guys that are fast and can make really awesome catches that get my nipples hard and guess what Denzel Mims checks off all three times beep beep beep. don't give me that shake I know you're excited by thinking about that listen I was a sucker for Hakeem Butler and Denzel Mims is just it, Listen, if he goes in the fourth round, I'll learn my lesson. I will have learned my lesson from 2019, but I really don't think that's going to happen. The dude is good. He could land anywhere and I would be happy because I'm a sucker and it's just what I do. If he lands in Minnesota with my man, Kirk Cousins, I'll be happy because I think Kirk Cousins is a great quarterback. Now, the listeners cannot see it. But you guys can see that I'm rocking the Michigan State jersey. I'm a little biased when I love my Kirk Cousins. But we've seen him feed Stephon Diggs. We've seen him feed Adam Thielen. He's got the tight ends. Hopefully Irv Smith blows up. Just throwing that out there. A little side point. I really think if he lands, especially with first-round capital, you know they're going to want to feature him. Oh, my goodness. To your point, Jerry, Kirk Cousins is very underrated, and I am not a Michigan State fan, so just wanted to back you up there. My man. I, I, I don't think he'll last till 40, but if Denzel Mims were somehow to make it to 40 overall and go to Houston, I think that would break Dynasty Twitter and the internet. You know, forget about the naked picture of Kim Kardashian. You know, it would <laughs> Denzel Mims going to Houston to backfill DeAndre Hopkins and... Uh, his, Hold on, his, where, where does he get drafted if that happens? Oh, I, I think I think it would depend on where Rug, I'm assuming not Rugs, um, Ray, 
Rager, Lamb, and Judy go, I think he could easily, if he goes to Houston, and that's a big if, if he goes to Houston, a couple of things. I think Jerry's nipples will be hard enough to cut glass. <laughs> that's one. And two, I think he would easily vault potentially into that wide receiver two in this class conversation. I, I, I think I, I think it's a conversation for wide receiver one, but I, just unknowingly, I hear you. I, I, th- I think Judy or Lamb are going to wind up in a really prime spot as well. Probably. Like, like if how about this, Jerry? We did this last week. We're getting ready to do it again. Would you rather Denzel Mims in Houston or Jerry Judy in Philadelphia? I would rather have Denzel Mims, but that's that's me. All right, Actually, Bobby. Like, and now, if, if it was CD Lamb, I think I would probably rather have CD Lamb in, in Philly. But I just love that Houston spot, and you're tied to Deshaun Watson, who is so good, also, and is what twenty five. And, and forget about all that. Forget about all that. What's king in fantasy football? Volume, baby. Yeah. And, and DeAndre Hopkins is leaving an average of 160 targets a year behind. And again, we talked about this the other day about Bell O'Brien having every reason under the sun to make sure David Johnson succeeds this year because his job's riding on it. Whoever they draft at 40, that person will also be tied to the DeAndre Hopkins trade. And what's True. a great way to try? I didn't say they would succeed, but try and make people forget about DeAndre Hopkins. And that's feature the guy who took his job. So I, that, that's a very choice landing spot. And one we'll get further into as we get going. I'm going to jump into the tight ends before we do some would you rather uh, spots. I, I had Jacksonville down as a question mark for a rookie tight end. I don't think that's the case anymore. They, Man, if you're a big-bodied tight end, I mean, how much money combined do you think Tyler Eifert and Jimmy Graham have stolen over the over the last handful of years? I mean, Jesse James had to rob people with a gun, but yet these guys show up and get two-year contracts. Anything with Eifert? I mean, listen, you're the Eifert guy. If you have something, you give it to me. You're the one that's always <laughs> super optimistic. So I want to hear your argument if you're still on that train, because if you're not, Nobody else should be. Man, I, I started to choke myself up. I had a little sip of water, made a little, little wrong hole there. Uh, I mean, I, I, I root for Tyler Eifert. I don't, I, I don't root for too many players. I root for that guy. Um, bad luck being drafted by the Bengals. Bad luck being hurt most of his career. Uh, someone that I still think, you know, if, if for some odd reason uh, Andy Dalton were to wind up in Carolina, not Carolina, excuse me, Jacksonville, which I've actually seen Cam there, I mean – why not? Tight ends can play until they're almost 40. I mean, look at Jason Witten. Got a gig in Oakland or L.A. or Las Vegas or wherever the hell he plays now. Uh, tight ends play forever, but, again, it's just a little bit of a of a, of an ancillary bump to whoever's playing quarterback in Jacksonville. Not much for him. I did see him go for the 402 in a non-tight end premium league the other day, if that does anything for you. How's your nipples on that one, Jerry? 402? I mean, Tyler they're, they're, still, they're still fine, but I, I don't hate that trade. I mean, what's a 402? Close your eyes, pick a guy from, from the hat, and maybe you can get something that's not crap. But You, 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 just, uh, you just throw it out there. Is, are, are there any tight ends in this class that you like that you're looking forward to that you could maybe project into a spot that would interest you and, and bump dynasty value, Jerry, and then throw it to, uh, to Bobby? You know, no, I mean, we'll see where they go. Because at this point, I don't love any of them. Like, I have loved them in the uh, previous tight ends and previous classes. Bobby, anybody? I was going to say, that if this is not the class to be drafting a tight end. 
And also the landing spots for tight ends have pretty much dried up. And you always kind of want those older tight ends anyway. So you might as well, if you're going to draft a tight end this draft, just trade out of your pick and trade into next year and go like pick someone up off waivers and hope they're the next tight end breakout or the next Darren Waller or whatever, because you probably have a better chance hitting on that than hitting on a rookie tight end in this class. I would love it if you were the GM of the Detroit Lions, so we wouldn't oh, have you, taken you, PJ Hawkinson at eight, but you, it's you, it's fine. We'll deal with Bob Quinn in the meantime. You cut I'm the still legs. Hawkinson breaks out, by the way. I was so excited for him, and I still am. I mean, I am too a little, but I will always hate them for taking one at eight. You know, Jerry, this is not lining up good for you. The Lions have the third overall pick in a bad tight end class. I mean, the 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 the, the term reach comes to mind. I mean, don't get me wrong, Albert Obaganabunum will be a great lion uh, in that 12 personnel because, you know, Matt Patricia, he was a Patriot coach at one time. He may remember the days of Aaron Hernandez and Gronk in that 12 personnel, Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones, whoever they draft at three, Hawkinson. I smell Detroit success. <laughs> All right. Um, another place I will tell you to keep an eye on for tight end is Indy. Frank Reich does like 12 personnel, and I like Jack Doyle. Jack Doyle might be a vastly underrated resource in a best ball league or your redraft league, or you might be able to get one one year out of him, out of him in tight end premium, especially with Phil Rivers on the scene. But I think the tight end of the future is not there. New England. New England certainly needs a tight end. I saw them uh, mock-drafted Cole Komet. Now, tight end premium, growing format. I think we all play in that. Bobby mentioned Trade Attic 7. It's tight end premium. If Cole Komet were to wind up being a Patriot, how excited would you be about that to tight end premium, Bobby? kind of depends because, and I've had this conversation with uh, Zach Reed at Tassin Assassin 13 on Twitter. I'm sure you're all familiar. I know you guys are. Um, but the tight end thing with the Patriots it was more of like a mismatches thing. Like for a while, Gronk and Aaron Hernandez were the mismatches for that offense. And so that's the guys they threw to. Later, it became Julian Edelman, became James White. And this is an idea that came from Zach, and I just am reiterating and agreeing with it. So I don't know that they're necessarily tight end heavy. I just think they throw to whoever is the mismatch against the defense. And so while it'd be interesting, because they definitely need a tight end to throw to, we really don't know what that offense is going to look like. Right now, we don't even know who their quarterback is going to be. I actually believe at this point that it is going to be Jarrett Stidham, just looking at their cap. But with that, we don't know who Jarrett Stidham likes to throw to. And we know that Bill Belichick and his coaches scheme for the strengths of their players, not scheming around players themselves. So they're going to figure out what kind of offense Stidham responds to, and they're going to run that offense, and it might not run through the tight end. So I still wouldn't be getting overly excited about that particular landing spot. Jerry, anything on the Patriots, their quarterback situation, tight ends, anything that uh, comes to mind that might help these people? I sort of agree with Bobby that it wouldn't get me overly excited. If this was Tom Brady four years ago, yeah, I would. I would have a little bit more uh, excitement for it. That being said, if Jared Stidham is the guy, this is another one of these guys that just does not have a giant arm and sort of likes to hit curl routes for 12 yards. So it could be beneficial if they went tight end early. Now that's a whole bunch there, but there is a situation where a tight end could be relevant. I don't hate Jared Stidham. 
for the record. I mean, he's never going to be Josh Allen launching the ball down the field. Pretty accurate. I mean, he threw to Darius Slayton in his college career pretty good. He can run if he needs to. Sort of like Andrew Luck. Like when Andrew Luck would run, you never thought he was going to do it. And then the next thing you knew, he had 18 yards. And that's sort of how Jared Stidham plays too. I have Stidham in Trade Attic 7, so just keep hyping him, Jerry. Doing just what keep I can. doing it. And yeah. also, I do want to uh, add there, what if the Patriots traded for Njoku? Because he kind of is the odd man out in the Browns. Such a point. weird situation with him. Like he 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 was the guy because he was like what twenty when he got drafted or twenty one and everybody was super in on it and now it's like he's chopped liver and everybody just forgot about him. I think that would be a good spot. I like it. People also forget that these Joker tight ends often take a while to develop. Mm-hmm. Well, I I also think that if anyone can get it out of him, it would be Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniel. I think his time in Cleveland is about done. Uh, you wouldn't have paid Austin Hooper $11 million a year if you had grand plans for David and Joku. And Bobby makes a good point. Cleveland and New England have a long track record of doing business together. And uh, New England's got 13 picks. So something I could certainly see happening. And, and that's a win-win. And Joku gets a, a fresh start in a brand new place, a place where his reps could be moved up. So I, uh, I I like that. Uh, while we're on tight ends, before we get any any further, um, I want to talk about the tight ends down in Tampa. Now Tom Brady, you know, was it the Josh McDaniels offense or was it Tom Brady? Uh, Jerry, what do you see in in Tampa? And is there one that you like more than others? Because I'll give you a sneak peek. I like Cameron Bray as at his ADP and value a lot more than I like OJ Howard at his. But what about you? I think ADP. That's fine. Uh, OJ Howard's another one of those dudes like David Njoku. Now, granted, his his arc is not nearly as steep. He's shown more than Njoku has, and he hasn't fallen as far off as Njoku has. But that's a dude that was, I mean, tight end three, tight end four at, at some points during his young career, and <laughs> nobody's paying that now. Uh, listen, this is one of those situations where, like Jarrett said with New England, we don't know who who they're going to like. If it ends up being O.J. Howard and he feeds him and he craps all over your Chris Godwin shares, God, how much are you going to hate Tom Brady more than you already do? Not that I think that's going to happen, but for the record, I think I like uh, O.J. Howard going forward. I don't I don't think he's overly expensive, so I think if you want to take the shot at him, you'll be able to for at least a reasonable price. But to your point, Randy, Cameron Braid is definitely much cheaper, and the perception around him is definitely lower than his actual value is, I think. He is someone who is worth, in my opinion, is worth taking a a cheap flyer at during your rookie draft. You know, if your league mates don't listen to the Dynasty Warzone, first of all, shame on them, because they should be. And you should be telling them about the Dynasty Warzone. But second of all, when you're in the middle of your rookie draft, if you can throw a mid to late third at the at the Cameron Bray owner, see what you can get. Um, it, it's a hunch for right now, but he feels like a Tom Brady guy. Don't don't ask me why. Uh, O.J. Howard got benched a couple of times last year for whatever reason. I don't want to say that he wound up in the doghouse of Coach Arians, but that's the guy who benches you. And I just feel like Cameron Brait will have uh, some best ball and, and redraft value. So, all right, we're going to hit you guys. Uh, we've got about you know a little bit of time left. I want to hit you guys with some uh, would-you-rather. 
So a couple of guys, a couple of young tight ends while we're talking about the position uh, that are presumed to be the starters in their offenses. We have Ian Thomas in Carolina, and we have Jace Sternberger in Green Bay. Jerry, you want Jace or you want Ian? I want Ian, and 4,000 miles away in Australia, G of the Aussie guys is happy that that's who I picked. I told him I was thinking about getting off the Ian Thomas train, and he told me to hop right back on. And you do not, not listen to G of the Aussie guys, because he's a scary Australian. I mean, this is a man that downhill cycles with kangaroos and everything else, giant spiders, and he eats them. I don't know. He's a weird... He's a... He's a man's man, and I will not upset him. So I'm going to go with Ian Thomas for you, G. What about you, Bobby? Yeah, that's pretty easily Ian Thomas for me. Uh, we haven't seen really a good tight end in Green Bay for a while. I get the Jay Sternberger hype a little bit, but I really do feel that Thomas has just been waiting for Olsen to leave. And because we mentioned earlier that Teddy doesn't quite have that super long arm, I think his skill set matches up to feed a tight end feed DJ more and feed CMC and just kind of run that short game with those three guys. And so I'd be all over Thomas in that scenario. See, and I, if Jace was really good, don't you think he would have pushed the other guys out of the way and maybe emerged a little bit? I mean, I know he's going to get a better opportunity with those guys gone, but and, you, and you just would have liked to seen a pulse at least in fairness. I'm going to play the devil's advocate for the, for the Jace side because he was injured last year i think he missed six games i think he may even have been ir designated to return so and and rookie tight ends don't typically make a lot of waves anywhere and i I typically think that he is really more of a big slot wide receiver like they're talking about using mike gasecki down there in miami And, and here's my only argument is that there are so many mouths to feed in carolina we talked about the addition of robbie we got curtis samuel we got dj moore i think christian mccaffrey is going to get a lot of targets. I don't think he's going to get 142 targets, which is what he got last year, but he's going to get a lot of targets. They're they're only going to throw the ball, I mean, so many times. So I just don't know where his volume comes from. And arguably, for now, outside of Devontae Adams and maybe Aaron Jones, I'm not so sure what the target distribution looks like in Green Bay. That would be my only argument for Jay Sternberger. I think from a talent standpoint, I think I agree that Ian's the better play, but if you're looking at situation and the ability to get production this year, it could be Jace, but I, I do like both. All right. You're I forgetting hit. that Devin Funches is there to play tight end. <laughs> Devin <laughs> Funches. Okay. Gotcha. You know, De- Devin Funches is one of those guys that if he ever got tight end eligibility, I'd love it. He, he, he'd be <laughs> a, be, a best ball He'd stash. still be tight end 12. Uh, well, I mean, it's not a hard, it's not a, like a hard bar to trip over, tight end 12. All right, I'm going to hit you guys with, with another would you rather. I'm going to make this one a little bit tougher. Jerry Judy, landing spot unknown, or Stefan Diggs in Buffalo. Jerry, go. Diggs, 100 miles for me. I, listen, Judy's good. I, listen, what is the chances he doesn't land in Houston or he doesn't land somewhere else? Stefan Diggs is a star. He is a tactician with his feet. He can, he's like a, a, I was going to say a sous chef, but I don't know what a really high end chef is. That's what he is. He is the creme de la creme of route runners in this league. And Josh Allen can throw that ball so damn far. So all he's got to do is beat his man and then run his ass down the field. And I will take 85 yard touchdowns over an unknown 
rookie wide receiver. All right, Bobby, I cannot. Now, wait if he to lands hear. in Houston, God, dumbass. Oh, Jerry. What about, what about you, Bobby? Yeah, I find myself agreeing a lot with Jerry tonight, and I'm not uh, changing that now. I still agree. I was one of the people after the trade actually defending the fact that I don't think Diggs would lose that much value and that I really like it for Allen. Um, I think people kind of hold on to their draft lock or draft takes of Allen and how bad of a quarterback he was and whatever it is. And so they see it as gross and they see it as gross for Diggs. But I think Diggs is pretty much going to be the same dude that he was with the Vikings. Um, I think that it's going to help Josh Allen as a QB. And if we're talking unknown landing spot, then yeah, I'll take Diggs. And I'm not even a Diggs guy. I was always, there was that kind of joke, but kind of serious debate of who is a better wide receiver of Adam Thielen versus Stephon Diggs. And I was always team Thielen. But in this case, I got to take Diggs. And as Jerry said, if Judy were to go to Texans in this scenario, or even the Raiders, I might uh, hesitate on that a bit. But given what, given the scenario, I got to go with Diggs. All right, we'll get you guys out of here on one last question. Um, this is a multiple. Wait, 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 hold on, hold on. What's your take? Oh, my take is I'm still going Stefan Diggs. Okay. Oh, so you give me that crap, and then you're going to take the same thing. Well, okay. Jerry, first of all, that's my job. One, two. I really like Jerry Judy, but not knowing his landing spot, and I think Jerry Judy is going to be the guy you get at the 109 in a super flex. I think you're going to have four running backs, three quarterbacks, and C.D. Lamb go in front of him, and I would not take the 109 for Stephon Diggs right now. I mean, here's the thing. What was one of Diggs's number one complaints about Kirk Cousins, your man? He wouldn't turn it loose. Josh Allen, he got no problem turning that ball loose. He is a good route runner, and Bobby mentioned it. You know, he does catch a lot of crap. I think he threw 60% more pass attempts in 2019 versus 18, and his completion percentage went from 52.2 to almost 59%. So his, it increased by 10%. I think they'll have him well over 60% this year with room to grow. And he is the man. You know, like Jerry is the man of the hour and the man of with the power, that's Stephon Diggs. I mean, he's got a nice complimentary wide receiver in John Brown. He's got a nice slot wide receiver in Cole Beasley. He's got a decent pass catching back in uh, Devin Singletary. I think we're all kind of fascinated as to what Dawson Knox could be. But there's clearly one guy. And if a guy is going to get the volume, man, hook me up. Hook me up. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll take a season of digs and try to trade for Jerry in the, in the next offseason. So there you go. Just a, a little conversation about what's going on in the league, how we're going to integrate these rookies, how we see some values. Bobby, what's going on at the DLF? Well, Jerry and I, in our little independent podcast operation here, we're big fans of the DLF. We've, we've had a, a lot of your brethren on, including Kane and John Bosch and so many more. But what's going on with, uh, with you, sir? So I am uh, trying to write some articles. I haven't quite done it yet, but I did have, I know one come out that you were a fan of recently, Memphis, which was the Daniel Jones article, especially because that helped you in Trade Addict 7 and hyping up his value. I will say, since that article came out, I'm not trying to take credit for it, but since the article came out, Daniel Jones's ADP did rise by like a full round. So could have been me, could have been some other people. We'll never know. Uh, 
I am writing some stuff. I know Dynasty League Football has been slowly integrating the stuff from FF Statistics. So there's constantly new tools coming out to help people. We have some partnerships with some great other sites that are giving you advanced metrics as well. So there's a lot of stuff going on with DLF. And honestly, the content has just been constantly coming now that everyone has been staying home and doesn't have much else to do. You'll just see a ton of articles being uh, pumped out. So definitely look out for that. Uh, earlier today, I did tweet uh, looking for players to write about just because I'm not feeling particularly inspired. So if your listeners want to tweet at me or DM me, I did open my DMs during the coronavirus just because I feel like everybody needs people to talk to. So if you want to DM me or tweet at me, players to write about, feel free and maybe you'll see a player article that you inspired on DLF soon. No, that that's awesome. And we covered this last night in the bonus podcast that Nick and I did about fitness. You know, my DMs are open. If, if you just need, you know, need to ask a question right now, because I think everybody's stirred crazy. There's a lot of tweets about name your favorite six bands and then tag an additional six people. You want to tag me in one of those. Uh, there's one going around about pro wrestlers, Stone Cold Steve Austin, number one. We all know that. Um, Obviously. I, 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 I do I do want to promote the DLF a little bit because Bobby is spot on. I got to say, um, Jerry and I, we've got big plans for the Dynasty Warzone, but I, I love what the DLF is doing because they're on the cutting edge. They've got a Twitch channel. They have got a YouTube thing going on with our buddy Addison Hayes. Um, the DLF does have a lot of really cool stuff. So if you're, if you're looking to spend that s stimulus check in a little bit away, a DLF membership could go a long way toward uh, helping you out. And you know what, you know what, Bobby, you know, I like Josh Allen. I traded up last year in the, in the rookie draft to draft him. You know, who else is going to get the Josh Allen bump? Well, Daniel Jones got it because that's why I drafted Daniel Jones last year. I actually own both Josh Allen and Daniel Jones, I think this year's Daniel Jones or Josh Allen is going to be Justin Herbert. You know, yeah, I agree. The easiest thing to do in Superflex is buy the hated quarterback at like the end of is, the first round or early second round. Randy's working on a sleeve. It's a, uh, it's all his comic book guys and all the Marvel guys or all that. If he was ever going to do another one, his tattoo would be buy the quarterback everybody hates because it's always his strategy. Oh yeah, uh, worked uh, out the past few years. A hundred, a hundred percent. You know, you have to zig where the world zags, and you know, if if there's an old Vegas saying that if the general public's running one direction, run as fast as you can in the opposite direction. I know there's people in Wall Street and finance who do the exact same thing, and I, I like the top two quarterbacks. I'll go back to 2018. Baker went one. Darnold went two. And who's been the most successful to date? It's been Josh Allen. I think this year Tua will go two, Burrow will go one, but do not be surprised if Josh, I mean, excuse me, if Justin Herbert doesn't end up being the most successful. Why? Because if he lands in LA, he's going to have the best wide receivers. He's going to have the tight end. He's going to have the running back. He's going to have the improved offensive line. He's going to have the defense keeping him in games. So it's it's not always about talent. It's about landing spot. But you've landed in the right spot. We've been covering stuff like crazy. Uh, make sure you check out Bobby on Twitter at Wrecked Fantasy. That's R-E-K-E-D Fantasy. And you can check Jerry out at DWZ. Jerry DWZ. Is that correct now? Yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. So on behalf of Bobby, Jerry, and myself here at the Dynasty War Zone, we're just trying to make the world a little bit better for fantasy football. We'll see you back here real soon. Thanks for tuning in, guys.